You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Azure Mahara, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Tim Numa. Hey, everybody. And the three of us are happy to welcome back our HR manager and co-host of the LJN Job Seeker webinars, Laura McBain. Hi, everyone. So we have some great topics to discuss today, and the first two are two of a kind. With a change of seasons usually comes changes in fashion, and the first couple of topics are all about that, so let's talk professional fashion. I recently read an article that talked about the little details that sometimes get overlooked but can really make or break if you look pulled together. Um, And I, I know that the article had touched on it's just another day in the office sitting in a cubicle. Um, but what if you happen to have a meeting with that boss? Or what if somebody stops by? Um, so I just kind of wanted to touch base on those little things that you might be overlooking but kind of might make you look sloppy. Yeah. One of the things in the article mentioned like the length of your pants. And I know we're talking about professional wear. So we're not talking about fashion. Mm-hmm. I know right now skinny jeans are in that, you know, shorter that you can fold up or is kind mm-hmm. of the look. But right. professionally, when you're talking about slacks, I know that – um, they are supposed to be long enough to cover like the majority of the back of your heel, but then of course not dragging. So it almost is sort of at the top of where your sole would be. Right, like a half inch or so. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been guilty of wearing <laughs> pants too short. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> then I wear flats with them. But I, I do see how it can make you sort of look unpolished. Right. Especially if you, you know, with the flats and you have really long pants and they're kind of sagging on the ground. And then not only that, but that's usually when your pants get scuffed up on the bottom. I mean, we've all had a pair of jeans or something that have, has that's happened to. Um, and you end up with some, you know, they just look kind of crummy or if it's winter and you live in Wisconsin like we do and they get right. all full of salt <laughs> yeah. and slush. I mean, for myself, obviously, you know, if you're looking at men, you have limited options if you're talking about actual like professional business wear. Suits seem to just be tr- the traditional way to go if it's a little more casual, obviously. I mean, you talk about the pant leg, uh, you know, you don't want to drag it on the ground, that sort of thing. You don't, I don't know, I always find a pet peeve when a, a guy sits down and, and the pants get pulled up like halfway up his legs. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't really want to see your socks, to be honest with you, at least not to that extent. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just myself, it's my personality. I don't pay attention that closely to the fashion stuff that's going on. I mean, yes, if you're going to be meeting with somebody or to an interview, obviously you need to, to do your best, to, to look your best. But uh, other than that, in the office setting, I'm so focused on just hey, if you're doing your job, as long as you don't look completely out of sorts, go for it. Um, yeah, And it's a little bit different. Obviously, I've been on the radio side of things here recently, and um, it doesn't really matter how you look because it's all about how you talk and how you speak. So, uh, And that's my take. But obviously, sitting here with three females, you guys have a different <laughs> opinion on that, I'm sure. I mean, yes, Tim, do. do you ever, I mean, have you ever noticed if somebody has like a button-up shirt on and one of their buttons like might be kind of... Holding have, on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, basically, or there's a gap, you know, yeah. it's like kind of bunched over. I mean, it's it's distracting, is it not? <laughs> like, yeah, is that yeah, what I'm going to pause? Of course, yeah, you do <laughs> notice those things, but I, yeah, I don't know. it's probably my more, more my personality. I'm just like, yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, if you're, again, if you're coming for an interview, you have a meeting or something, then it's it's probably a you know, pretty bad taste on your on your part. But uh, other than that, I'm just probably too lax with that stuff, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, yeah. and the article touched on that, too. It said, you know, people can get away with things when they sit in a cubicle all day long or, you know, kind of uh, to your point, if you're, if you don't have an interview and you're you're doing more engineering work for the day, um, but still things could happen, things can come up. You could end up your boss would be like, "Hey, I need to talk to you about something. 
can you can we go to lunch? And then you don't look very <laughs> fantastic. Well, I mean, I, okay. maybe on, on the TV side, I always brought we always brought extra clothes in case something did pop up. So if there, you know, so maybe just if dress say, right the first time. Well, <laughs> you, you want to be casual. Maybe you only have one good shirt. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I find that I'm far more critical of those things during an interview mm-hmm. because when the person comes in for an interview, I'm expecting them to be at their best to be very polished and put together and things should look a certain way. And when they don't, that's when I have an issue with it. Right. I mean, people around the office, because we have a little bit of more of a casual atmosphere and, you know, you notice things, but it's not a big deal because, and everybody's looking at me now and what I'm wearing, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Laura, by the way, is wearing a blazer with a turtleneck and slacks. No joke. Tim over here is wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, so it's, it's a mix of everything here Jacqueline in the office. and I are right so. in the middle. <laughs> so I don't notice it as much from my coworkers as I do from the people that are coming in to interview with us. I would agree with you on that. But I think if you are, and what we're talking about here is more formal wear, Mm -hmm. suits and and lengths of, you know, pants and blazers and whatnot. I will say this, though. Shoes are definitely something that I pay attention to because there's, just from my perspective, there's nothing, it's just not very attractive when you see a man in a suit and you're looking from top to bottom and you're like, okay, okay, and then you get to the shoes and they're wearing like... (laughs) These awful, right. unpolished nope. shoes with thick soles, and it just looks like they're borrowing their dad's shoes. If, if I may, yeah. for the men out there who maybe aren't as fashionable like myself, if you have a wife, <laughs> always check in with her Good. or yeah. girlfriend, yeah. If you have a, you know, sister, mo- just check with somebody. Significant other that's better yes. than yeah. Again, not to stereotype, but most of my friends, I just tell them, just ask your wife. She knows what she's talking about. So. And if you can, get your suit tailored. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can. Like, I, mean, I know... People charge different prices, and maybe if you buy it from the mm-hmm. place, they'll they'll tailor it, but get it tailored. You know what, though? I found that if you actually do a little bit of research, there's always some kind of mom-and-pop shop or, like, somebody working from their home that will have a little advertisement out there, probably in your neighborhood, that tailors clothes. And oh, they're yeah. usually very decently priced. I know that when I got married, I found somebody that did that, and I was like, she did a fantastic job, and it was really, really reasonable. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, some of the things that they went over in this article was the length of your sleeves to pay attention to, um, your buttons. If you're not wearing a belt, but um, don't. If, so basically, if you have a belt, how did how did that whole thing go? It was if you if you were wearing a belt and there was no belt loops to kind of pin the belt down, but if you had belt loops, that you should be wearing a belt <laughs> if if that part of your skirt or pants are showing, mm-hmm. um, and then just appropriate accessories. And um, not having wet hair and just kind of the, the other little things that you would think of, perfume and things like that. But, Laura, you had actually touched on what we wanted to talk about next. Oh, I was jumping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, and we just want to take it a, spe- a step further and more specifically talk about fashion and um, kind of wardrobe choices in interviews. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like, as, as Laura had mentioned earlier, when you're doing an interview, you're trying to give them your your 10, your, your perfect, you know, this is me head to toe. And I think in that regard, you definitely need to be a little bit more critical on what you're putting together. And like Tim said, talk to your family and friends. What do I look like? And when you are going to an interview, we always say like dress a notch above or, you know, a few notches above. So if you're going to, um, you know, work at a place where they wear khakis and polo shirts, then you need to show up in a suit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you wear your suit, you need to make sure that it's tailored, your shoes are polished and whatnot. 
we we do interviews obviously all the time here and you know wearing jeans to an interview not a good first impression no uh you know just as you mentioned there was you know shirts that are have buttons and the buttons are holding on for dear life it's distracting or being modest in general if mm-hmm. no matter you know like just just be i and, guess and smart about it also you know Everyone has different perspectives on piercings and tattoos. And, you know, I have my ears pierced. I've had my belly been pierced. I don't have any tattoos. My husband has tattoos. He has sleeves. So everyone has different perspectives on what is their, you know, thing. But I will say this. When you go to an interview, do your best Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. cover up your tattoos and your piercings if they're non-traditional and the color of your hair. You know, there's been situations where we've interviewed people and, you know, the bottom half of their hair is fluorescent pink. Well, then they pull the hair up in a ponytail so you can see it. Again, you know, someone who, you know, my husband has tattoos. Like, I might be a little bit more relaxed in that regard, but maybe I'm interviewing with a bunch of department heads that may judge you for that. I mean, you just don't know. Right. And you want to refrain from that. Yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, it's you always have to err on the side of being a little bit more conservative in an interview because you don't know who you're going to interview with. I personally don't like tattoos. I know both of my kids have tattoos, but it's in an area where you can cover it up. So am I a big fan of it? No. Don't like the body piercings. Ears are okay, but it just doesn't look right to me to see somebody come into an interview and maybe they've got a ear piercing in their eyebrow or in their nose or in their lip or something. I just think you need to really tone it down. I mean, we can probably tell based on the fact that there might be a hole up there in one part of your face <laughs> that you might have had, you know, an earring there or something. And um, your piercing's not going to close up for the two hours you're in an interview. No, it's not. <laughs> well, they have those plugs that you can put in. Yeah, they do. They do. But you just don't know what the dress code's going to be where you're at. Right. I mean, we have a relaxed dress code, but it's not so relaxed that I think that we would um, condone all of that kind of stuff. It's we're very professional, but we're kind of, you know, relaxed at the same uh, point. But uh, so from my perspective, when people show up and they don't pay that attention to detail, they're in jeans like Jacqueline had mentioned. They're, you know, not put together and polished. It just tells me that they're not taking this very seriously. No. Uh, yeah, I think that's sort of the message you get. The person's mm-hmm. not, the person isn't taking this seriously. And you don't have to spend a ton of money. No. I mean, you can go to, um, you know, stores and, and buy Goodwill. And yeah, find, and like, buy a, a nice pair of pumps slacks. for nine ninety nine. Oh, right. And just a basic black skirt and a button-up shirt. Or borrow from or, a friend right. or, you know, a family member. I know that um, I had somebody that asked, had called and asked me, you know, they were going for um, like a, a warehouse type position. And they said, what what should I wear? Um, and I told them to dress up, like wear a pair yeah. of nice pants, wear, you know, a dress shirt and a tie. And they were like, but I'm going to be wearing jeans and like T-shirt. Like I walked, I've been in that kind mm-hmm. of factory setting before and warehouse, fa- you know, setting before. And it's really, really casual. Like it's not going to be like that. And I'm like, doesn't matter because even if you go in, taking it that serious, it, I feel like that says something, you know, if there's ever a management position or anything like that, they're already, sh- you already are showing that you're serious about the position, that you can put yourself together and present yourself, you know, and I just think that in it puts that little, little bit in their head right from the beginning that 
you know, you stand out a little bit higher than the rest mm-hmm. then. You know, so I think, always, like Jacqueline said, always play on the safe side. Yeah. And Shows I, respect, too, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I th- you know, you're never going to be hurt by overdressing, but right. you can be hurt by underdressing. And it may not be fair. Yeah. And I know there are probably some job seekers out there, and I'm the most green of all of us as far as this organization goes. And you think, well, that's not fair just because it's a tattoo. Fair or unfair, it doesn't matter. If you want the yeah. job, you need to do what it takes to get the job. So if, if you think that's the right time to make a social statement for your rights, so be it. Just don't expect to get the job. I mean, again, it, it's all it's just about perce- perception. And when, once you're in the workplace, once you have the job, then you dress how everyone else dresses. You can you can be a little more casual. You can kind of check in with your manager. But until you have the job, I'm telling you, just do whatever do whatever mm-hmm. it takes. Be yourself, but but just you know look look professional. The way I like to think about it is, you basically want to be sort of vanilla. You want to be bland, and you want mm-hmm. to sell what you're going to bring to the organization. So anything that's going to distract from that, you want to tone down, and that comes down to makeup. I mean, oh, yeah. we've right. done interviews with people where the makeup is so intense that this person is talking and all I'm doing is focusing on their, you know, blue shadow, you know, eyeshadow and bright pink lipstick that I start to zone out and I'm like, what did this person just say to the, you know, the question that I've asked? And And it's not a matter of, okay, I wouldn't wear blue eyeshadow or I don't wear pink lipstick. It's a matter of it's distracting and now I'm not even paying attention to what you're saying and now at this point I just let's move on let's move on to the next person and Mm -hmm. maybe that would be different if you were going to apply for a job as a beautician or you were going somewhere where you know like to work at a mac makeup counter or something Mm -hmm. like that nightclub right yeah Yeah. something like that but if you're going to interview at any kind of office position or anything that's basically not going for like a nightclub or like a position where it would be actually part of your presentation to come in with mm-hmm. a little bit more elaborate clothing or makeup or anything like but that. But generally speaking, right. you just don't want to be distracting. Yes. Sell I, yourself. I completely agree. And the perfume thing, too. I know that you had mentioned something like that. Um, just don't overdo it. Yeah. Because <laughs> then the person interviewing is just going to be nauseous the whole time. Right. Especially for healthcare jobs. Don't wear yeah. perfume when you're going to interview in a healthcare job. Some people are allergic to that, so... I mean, it can be very nauseating. For I mean, some well, that's people. what happened. Yeah, it, yeah. It, especially yeah. in the industry. I mean, you cannot wear perfume. You shouldn't and, wear perfume in the right. hospital. And so. a, you know, if you're going to go into an interview, I think since we're talking about smell, if you're a smoker, obviously you might be a little bit nervous and and things like that. But try to refrain from smoking right before you go into an interview oh, because yeah. there's nothing worse. I mean. That I think then coming in and meeting somebody and smelling way too strongly of perfume or smelling like you just stepped out of an ashtray. You know what I mean? So you just have to keep the smell in check. Yeah, I, I, pre- <laughs> I, I prefer to stick to my natural alluring musk. So, yeah. Okay. I definitely shy away. That's an away. issue, too. Well, you know, it, it paid off this time. So. Wear some deodorant at least, please, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, Laura, um, let's let's kick it off onto your topic. You also had something kind of, you know, with going along with the interviews as well. I did. It's something that I deal with on a daily basis. Is is honesty the best policy? I know we've been told for years to, you know, talk ourselves up, sell ourselves, embellish maybe a little bit to get the job. But at what point is it too much? Um, we have part of our interview process and our application process is a questionnaire. So a lot of times we have, you know, we ask people a lot of different questions, and one of them is maybe the, you know, what's your GPA? And, you know, if we require, say, a 3.0, do you have at least a 3.0 or higher? We get a lot of people that will round up. 
So it might be, you know, maybe they've got a 2.7, 2.8, 2.9. They'll round that up to three, thinking that it's a 3.0. So, you know, and then, you know, you're talking to people and they're giving explanations about maybe why they were let go from a position or why they're no longer working at a company. And then you call to check references and it's a totally different story than what you got from the one person that the person that you're talking to. So, you know, and then you have to wonder, you know, if they're fudging a lot on these kind of topics, what's that going to be like when they're working in the workplace? So it just, from a credibility standpoint, you know, from my perspective, I would rather you be, you know, honest, but maybe soften it a little bit rather than, you know, give me an outright lie and, you know, that'll be knock you out of consideration for a position. You know, when you che- when you said that you check the references and mm-hmm. what if the person that you're checking the reference with, it with is the one that's actually lying now. How do you know? Well, you don't. You really don't. But it's, you know, you kind of hope that when you're calling a company, too, that you're getting the right story. They have the burden on them, of course, to tell the truth. Right. Because if they're maliciously um, saying things about you that aren't true, you know, once you've left their employment, then they could be held liable for that. I mean, as long as, you know, from an employer standpoint, as long as you're being honest, and, you know, even if you're honest in, say, your opinion, you're, um, you know, I really think that they have a motivation problem due to this, this, and this. As long as they're not doing it maliciously with the intent to harm you, you know, they're okay and they're covered. But so from that perspective, you know, you always kind of hope that. And sometimes you can tell, too, if, if there's been bad blood between them. But uh, so it is a fine line okay. that, that you walk. You know, and this is always hard for me. And obviously, as we talk about, we don't not encouraging people to lie by any means. No. But as we've talked about in our webinars and other shows, you know, other other quads, you're trying to get that job and you're trying to put yourself in the best light. And, you know, it's hard to really give you advice in terms of the honesty side of things versus what's sort of being embellished, as, as Laura mm-hmm. said. Um, you Essentially, you have to be able to live with yourself, for one, that you are putting yourself out there honestly and open. And two, once you get in that position, it's going to be pretty obvious if you were you know, telling a few stories, telling a few tales. And when it comes to numbers, that stuff, obviously that people keep track of that. So if you're talking yeah. about if you're talking about money that maybe you helped in sales or GPA, that's stuff that can be that is documented. It can be researched. So mm-hmm. but that stuff, I mean, there, to me, there's no wiggle room when you're talking about skills, experience, you know, nobody's going to tell you again to lie, but you have to find a way to put yourself in that best light. So for me, it comes down to do what you can to get the job, put yourself in the best light, and mm-hmm. let the pieces fall where they may. And, and kind of like all of you talked about earlier, um, you know, you want to be selling yourself and, and really pitch your best self, but you don't want it to be this sort of facade, and you don't want people to be looking at you from some sort of odd angle. So I, I'm i probably the worst person to ask for all this because I would say, hey, do what you need to do without lying. But uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think would, it, would you guys agree that it's okay to exaggerate a little, just not straight out lie? I, I look. I don't. I don't know. I. I would say no. <laughs> I've never. A, knock on wood. I've never needed to exaggerate right, right. on anything. And I just feel like you're gonna get caught. And like Laura said, when you get caught, you don't get the job. Yeah. That. Right. Well, well, not only that, but I mean, has it ever happened, Laura, um, where you've had somebody that lied, let's say, about their GPA, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, I know that we had that question on our um, application about the GPA. But it wasn't until I think I had worked here for like a year. And they were like, we don't have a bunch of transcripts. And so they went around and they collected transcripts. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, if anybody lied on their, they've now been working here for a year, 
would they be let go now that they lied about it? Like, I mean, has that ever happened where you've caught somebody in a lie? Like, or maybe they lied about a skill that they have, or I know how to use this program. And I, they need I to think hire the them. way to embellish or or like exaggerate. Tim or, said, "Put yourself in the best light." Like, let's say that you. Um, an example would be, you know, I met all I met, you know, all of my deadlines um, by, you know, a hundred percent. You may have only had two deadlines. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's yeah. how. Right. Th- that's the sort of stuff. Or I sh- I saved shipping costs by twenty percent. Well, mm-hmm. how many times did that happen? So percentages are a way that you can sort right. of make yourself look a little bit better versus using like the hardcore. But isn't facts. that kind of that could be? I mean, again, could be somewhat manipulative. It, well, that's what I'm saying. You said how but can you? But it's not a lie. That's essentially right. You You're, know. but you asked. Well, right. how can you? How can right. you embellish without lying? And I'm giving an example sure. to Tim's. So yeah. you have percentages. Yeah. You know, and then you come to the interview, maybe they ask, well, how did you get along with your manager? Well, what if you had a horrible relationship? You, you're not going to just say, well, you know, we didn't get along at all. I couldn't stand him. But you, you don't you don't go there because people say, well, if you don't tell the whole truth, you're lying. You know, leaving out some part of the truth is lying. But you're not going to do that. You're going to be you know, you're going to talk about maybe, you know, we had to work through personality stuff, that kind of thing. I mean, you don't have to disclose right. everything you know? right. just to the GPA side. I've heard people they just put down their GPA in that major for whatever they're applying for. Like, look, so I fail. I failed a language class and some math class I didn't really care about. Why should that matter? So then they only put that on there again. That's that's what that's what some have tried to do. I don't know if that works. You actually bring up a good point. Yeah. If you there was a particular candidate who applied to one of our positions and we require a 3.2 for communications because it's heavy in writing. Mm-hmm. And the person said, I have a 3.0. I do not have a 3.2 cumulative because I took organic chemistry and I failed when I was a freshman. I still looked at that candidate's resume because A, the person told me why. Hello, has anyone ever taken OCHEM? Yeah, it's, it's awful. awful. <laughs> it's okay. terrible. I took it. I did get an A, I will say. I knew but that. not without the help of a tutor. Every yeah. week I went to a tutor after class. So I appreciated, like Tim is saying, I appreciated that he said, listen, I don't meet your, your basic qualifications. However, this is what the proof is. This pr- is why. This yeah. is why. And mind you, it was when I was a freshman. So I totally mm-hmm. understood. I looked at his resume. And but I think that if you're honest like that mm-hmm. and you give those details versus the person having to fill in the blanks, like here's my uh, major GPA, not my cumulative GPA. Right. And that's it. It's like, well, we asked for your cumulative GPA. Right. You're done. Same thing, I think, mm-hmm. if you have anything on your record. Like give you know, don't just say no because what if they do a background check right. or what, you know? Like, yeah, you don't know. Just just say and and just be honest about the situation that happened. And it was five, ten years ago. You know, I was stupid and young and dumb. You know, just <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, but let's uh, move on to our next topic. Um, so you, everyone, everyone, I think would agree that you should be confident in an interview. Um, but what happens when that? is a little bit too arrogant. So you, that's kind of, Tim, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, and, you know, it applies to the interview. I think it applies just in the general work setting as well. And, and I, you know, it, to me, my question always, isn't it really just about perception? I mean, you could like the person, so then you're going to see how they act as confident. You may not like the person, so you see it as as arrogant in a way. And, you know, I, I take this a little bit from the personal side, even like from high school on, and I still in this way, I tend to sort of keep to myself. I don't have these elaborate conversations unless I'm like one-on-one with somebody. So some people say, oh, he's, He's too good. You think you're too good for people, whatever, and see it as an arrogant thing. And on the same side, I just feel like, well, I 
Tim, you're totally oh, arrogant. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. See, it's all about perception. But as you said, yeah. as you're, it, it goes in the interview room too. You're trying to you're trying to really pitch yourself. So you have to, in a way, be a little. You know, you, you have to be confident. But how do you toe that line? Where where does it cross over into? Whoa, this person just they think they're they're the greatest thing. It's gonna be difficult to work with them. I mean, what what's sort of been all of your experience with that? I think for me, if if somebody comes across arrogant, is that they come across as I know everything. I don't have anything else that I need to learn, and um, I'm gonna teach you because basically, (laughs) you know, like that attitude. Right. That's when okay, yeah. I mean, you might be great at your your craft, but. Or whatever your profession is, but if you come across it with that attitude, to me, no matter who you are, and I would think that everyone in this room would agree with me, and no matter what you do, there's always more to learn. So I think it comes down to the the old phrase, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, say it. Right. is really what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Because you can be confident in your craft and feel really good about mm-hmm. what you do, and then maybe want to help people and mentor people, uh, but don't come across like, are you stupid? How come you don't know <laughs> yeah. that? Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I was watching, was it Dateline the other day? And um, they were interviewing Bill Gates. And the reporter asked him, you know, you used to be sort of difficult to work with. And he said, I had to learn, even at an older age, that maybe because I get something doesn't mean the people that I'm working with get something. He's like, but truthfully, I was thinking, how stupid can you be? Can you not get that? And that, to me, is the difference between arrogance and confidence. So, again, not what you say, but how you say it. But, you know. He said he's learned how to treat people now, and he realizes that yeah. there's a big difference. I think just taking the assumption that um, somebody doesn't know as much as you know, too, can also make you seem arrogant. So if I was to talk to Jacqueline and without even asking, just start being like, oh, yeah, so I, I read this medical book and, you know, just start giving her all this stuff. And then lo and behold, she went to medical school. You know what I mean? And I didn't know that. But just saying, you know, as an example, um, it, it, there's either you know it just makes you look foolish because that person might know way more about this topic than you do and you're trying to be a know-it-all and I think that can come across arrogant yeah I think when you're interviewing for a position interview for the position because we've had situations even just recently where the candidate will come in and it's for a particular position but like you guys have mentioned they're very okay I can do that that's not a problem but I want to know where I'm going to go from here you know, they're they're already on to somebody else's job, maybe, you know, my job or somebody else's job beyond. I want so, your job. Uh, how can I get to the top in as short a, you know, because I'm, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. So, you know, right. and, and that kind of, it's just that arrogant attitude as to, that just kind of turns you off in the interview. Yeah, and I, and I think um, just kind of to, to your point is if you do want to, excel in your position, which who doesn't, um, and you go into an interview, how do I get to the top? There is a lot of time and work that goes involved and that is involved with that. And mm-hmm. you're not just going to jump from one position to the next. And I know I've met people that go from job to job because they're constantly yeah. wanting more, or think they deserve more, but they're not willing to put in the time with that company. And that's arrogant too. So, well, that basically wraps up everything for us today in the quad. Uh, listeners, if you would like to suggest a topic for us to discuss, please send a message to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Again, for Tim Yuma, Laura McBain, and Jacqueline Peterson, I'm Azure Mahara, and thanks for listening to the LJN Radio Quad. Mm-hmm.